Hi there, welcome to the Zonditz Energy Podlet. That's short for a tiny podcast. I'm your co-host, Gita Subramoni. And I'm your other co-host, Ellie Hudeeps. We work in energy efficiency and the renewable energy space, and we want to make this information accessible and interesting to friends, and colleagues, and any professionals out there. My goal is to have my parents understand what I work on every day. Anyway, throughout the season, we'll be collecting listener questions and interviewing experts in the field. This show is about energy, but also environmental citizenship. We'll speak to experts in the field, wonks, and just with those that are just trying to make smart choices. This is our first season, and we're excited to bring it to you. So we hope you can stick around. Don't leave us. Good one. Hey, Elihu, what's up? Hey, Gita. How's it going? It's going pretty well. So, um, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, which hopefully it is the first time because this is our first episode, <laughs> um, Elihu and I both work at ERS. Um, Elihu, um, what what made you interested in working for a place like ERS, and like, what do you what do you do day to day? Yeah, well, I um, work with people to help them understand. Uh, the, the best energy choices they could be possibly making. Uh, it's really, really broad, but that's because energy kind of touches on everything we do. So uh, sometimes that's, you know, school administrators. Sometimes that's, uh, you know, look, looking at how much solar could go on city field. Uh, so we're doing today with some co- some some uh, some of our colleagues here today. Um, it's a, a very interesting field because it's changing so fast. So it can range from, you know, following ch- policy changes in New York City, following political changes nationally, trying to predict how that will play out in terms of incentives, and also uh, talking to people that really don't engage with energy very often and trying to make some a succinct presentation to them about an idea, about a new technology they didn't know about in like 10 minutes. Right. It's amazing how much energy has very real impacts on our on our lives. I mean, I tried to brush my teeth this morning without lights, and that didn't really go so well. So, <laughs> why did you try to brush I your teeth? I didn't actually. Oh. But <laughs> for example, that would be very difficult. You could imagine, but um, it's it's amazing to me how little people know about how the systems work to bring us this power, how they affect our economic lives and our productivity, um, how they interplay with. Um, social dynamics, even um, or or political strife in certain areas of the world, um, and also what's fascinating to me is that you know both Elihu and I come from the energy efficiency and clean and renewable energy world, but there are all of these other environmental silos that uh, have these overlaps with the energy world, and that's something definitely worth exploring. Yeah, I think we talk about this in the office. This comes up a lot, like people are having their lunch or somebody's reading an article and blurts something out that there's all these environmental fields that are tangentially related to energy but don't technically fall under that you know could be water or sustainability plastics uh you know it could be you know um really i mean electric vehicle charging it could be you know air pollution it's really like it ranges from so many different issues and topics and we can just tell in the office that this is on people's minds and it's not just people who work in this office it's people who they're friends with and parents and loved ones and just 
seems to be in the zeitgeist right now. Absolutely. And it, and it's so all-encompassing, like just thinking about, you know, you mentioned electric vehicles, thinking about how we even just get around to places. There's, you know, a, a huge issue here with transportation in terms of traffic, um, the environmental impacts of that. Um, and that overlaps with things like land use and urban planning and how we interact as communities in those spaces and who has ownership um, and um, say in what happens in those places. So I think this is just even more all-encompassing. We're, we're not just going to be talking about uh, kilowatts and kilowatt hours and, and solar panels um, or turning off the lights, um, but there's so much more to that. And, and really, we're kind of getting around to you know, what it means to be an environmental citizen in 2019. Yeah, I think it's funny that, you know, I think we all sort of pay attention to either, you know, however you get your news or however, whatever blogs you read that, um, you know, we're not as siloed as our professional worlds, I think, uh, force us to be, which is good. We should be experts in the things that we're advising people on uh, or working on. But um, these things are all connected so closely, and I think now more people are cognizant of that. Whatever there, whatever it is, whether it's transportation infrastructure or energy infrastructure or water infrastructure, then maybe we have been in a while. Um, I mean, it's been infrastructure week for like fifty-two weeks in a row. <laughs> Every week is infrastructure <laughs> week. Is infrastructure <laughs> week. <laughs> Unlike Shark Week. Unlike Shark Week, unfortunately, though. This time of year, July and August, Shark Week is it's creeping it's up on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think also one of the fascinating things is you know I, I I've never taken an economics class in my whole life, but spending time in this field has kind of forced me to think about certain things like an economist um, and looking at where that system makes a lot of sense for how people make decisions on what they do and what they don't do, and where those failures are of how the system either uh, appropriately values or inappropriately values the actions we take and the impacts that they have in our environment. Um, it's, you know, everyone always says, if it's cheap to do a thing, people will do it. Um, if it's expensive to do a thing, people will maybe think a couple of times before actually doing it. Um, and the same kind of applies to the decisions we make about being environmental citizens. Like, if it's cheap to use a bunch of energy, when we we will just use a lot of it. But is it is the cost of it really actually reflecting its true value? That I I'm not so sure about, and I think a lot of people would agree with that as well. Yeah, and the idea of incumbency, anything that we're currently doing, it takes a lot of momentum to change it, even if logically it makes sense to change it, or even if we passionately want to change it, it's still probably easier to just keep doing the same thing we were doing. Absolutely. I don't remember the last time someone changed my mind about a thing. I mean, I'm sure it's probably happened, but I can't really name a point to an instance recently where that's happened, but uh, starting to kind of be aware that, you know, there's ways that I think about things and reasons why I think about things, but those might not actually be borne out by what is observable in the real world. I think another motivation maybe for doing this show was maybe the observation around our office, around our social networks, that when you're surrounded by other people who care about a topic, it sort of feeds up. It's like a feedback system where you then think it's okay to care about that thing and then you spend more time on it or you care about it in a slightly different way that 
encloses this other person's concerns also. And it kind of just makes life a little richer, even if the background of why we're concerned about it is this pending, looming disaster that is climate change. Or plastic waste is another very large one. You know, there are these weird social silver linings, I think, to this current crisis we're in the midst of. And it's a funny place to be, to to acknowledge all this potential for social cohesion and social action and citizenship within a crisis. Absolutely. I mean, we're we're facing some really dark stuff uh, coming up on us in a number of years. And, you know, as humans, it's really hard to think more than five minutes ahead of time, right? And so because of that, like, we have a hard time saying, well, in 2050, things are going to get really bad and like really understanding what that means. At the same time, there is like an increased um, momentum to really address this thing. But at the same time, there is um, a movement and we're seeing that with with people like all those kids that, um, you know, protested and took a took a day out of school to say, hey, guys, this is our future. Um, that's really motivating too. Um, and then there's also that aspect of like feeling like you did something and, and what are those impacts? And I had a discussion the other day about um, uh, eating meat or not eating meat. Um, and someone said, well, you know, isn't the meat industry going to exist in its current form, whether you individual do or do not buy its products? And said, yeah, I mean, for me individually, maybe I won't be making an impact, but there obviously is a tipping point where if enough people are doing something that will make an impact on what industries are out there are servicing those needs. So um, we can kind of play within this world that we've set up here to actually affect change. I totally agree. And it's not always clear what one responsible action means in light of how small and one individual action is in the grand sea of bad actors. <laughs> um, but it also feels wrong to ignore that, to ignore that it feels weird to, to do something you know is wrong. Right. Um, and for that reason, I think one of the motivating factors in this podcast is, is looking at you know, individual and collective actions. Again, what it means to be an environmental citizen, Um, looking at a range of topics, bringing in interesting data points, um, interesting perspectives from people that are experienced in this industry and helping us make sense of all of this. And I think that's that's really gonna be important. And, um, you know, if anybody is out there and listening to this that has a great idea for us, we're open to um, learning about new topics and bringing that information um, to other people in our field and beyond and people that we, we know in, in social circles as well. So that's kinda, kind of what we're, we're trying to accomplish with this podcast. And of course, we wanna bring useful information to people too. Yeah. And we know that the interesting stuff is in the details, so we want to go deep on some topics, but we also want to show how they might be related in ways that maybe is not intuitive. Absolutely. So just as a preview of things that we possibly could be touching on, I mean, certainly energy is going to be a lens with which both Elihu and I look at everything. But, um, you know, we've been doing a number of uh, quote-unquote green initiatives in our office called Green Machine. Um, There's some initiatives there that involve waste management and energy usage in our 
homes and office place. Um, there's folks that we work with that work in transportation and land use and that uh, people that are looking at green roofs and solar panels and water management and all kinds of things. So that's kind of the flavor of what, what we're going, uh, going to, to be doing with this, uh, this series. So I think it's going to be uh, an interesting season. Passion project. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave us. <laughs> anyway, we're going to have some great episodes coming up, so stick with us. Thanks for listening. This podcast was made possible by Zonditz. For more clean energy news, check out zonditz.com. Z O N D I T S.com. We received help from our friends at ERS, and our music was written and performed by Isaac Weinstein.